Thank you. If you're turning with me this morning, Titus chapter 3, third chapter of Titus, as we continue our study in uh, the fruit of the Spirit, Titus 3, verses 1 through 7. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And again, I'll read from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We find the fruit of the Spirit given. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, such things there is no law. And this morning we are dealing with gentleness. And so far we've read God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, your word. I pray your blessing upon this time together in it. And we do not take this lightly because we understand that this is indeed your word. It is inspired, inerrant, fully authoritative over our lives. We submit ourselves to it and ask now for grace to hear it to understand it and to apply it all for the glory of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we come to a very interesting aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, and that is gentleness. Uh, Most men in our culture aren't even thinking about cultivating this particular fruit of the Spirit. And if we're honest, most of us probably think that way. We think of the women being the more gentle among us, and the men, not so much. After all, we teach our sons to be rough and tough, to be macho and masculine, to be pillars of strength and protectors of their families. And most of that is contrary to our common idea of gentleness. We typically do not associate gentleness with manliness. If we refer to a man as gentle in our culture, he might not take it as much of a compliment. But from the biblical perspective, to be called gentle is a very high compliment. Gentleness is to characterize both the man of God and the woman of God. It is to be one of the primary characteristics of one who trusts in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, who is Paul describes in our text from Titus, beginning with verse 5, having saved us, not on the basis of righteousness of our own, 
but only the righteousness given to us through Jesus Christ, through the blood of the cross. For those of us who have experienced that kind of saving grace, gentleness is to be one of our primary qualities and characteristics. Those who are living by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, who are filled with the Spirit, are to be known for their gentleness. We've already seen in this series of sermons that as God's people, we are to be known as loving people, as joyful people, as peaceful people, as patient people, as kind people, as good people, as faithful people, and now this morning also as gentle people. This morning I want to show you three things about gentleness. One is why it should be important to us. Second, what it is. And then third, how you can develop it in your own life more fully. So three things. And first, why should this be important to us? Why should we be concerned about this whole matter of gentleness? Uh, it should be important to us because it is important to God. This whole matter of gentleness is not just found in isolated parts of the Bible, but really it permeates the, God's teaching about how his people are to live and to function in this world. Uh, gentleness is something that is uh, spoken of throughout the pages of God's word, not just listed in Galatians 5 as a fruit of the Spirit, not just mentioned here and there in isolated parts, but it really runs all the way through the teaching of the Bible. We find it, for example, in our text. I hope you noted that as we read through this passage. There's a reason I chose Titus 3, verses 1 through 7. Uh, here in this uh, particular passage, Paul is exhorting Titus to remind the people to whom he's ministering of some specific things. Notice what he says, verse 1. Remind them, he says, to be subject to rulers and to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, and here it is, to be gentle, showing consideration for all men. Among the things that Titus would remind his congregation was that they should be gentle. If you go over to Ephesians chapter 4, we'll look at a couple of the verses if you have your Bible uh, with you and out. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, Paul is talking about walking in the Spirit and how we manifest that. Ephesians 4, verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk, he says, in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. What does that mean? Verse 2. With all humility and gentleness. There it is again, gentleness. With patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Go over to Colossians chapter 3. There... Um, Paul is giving us a list of uh, qualities of a believer. Verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, here it is again, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. If you go over to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Verse 
This is the passage where we think of Paul admonishing us to rejoice in the Lord, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. But then he goes on to say in verse 5, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Let your forbearance or your gentleness be known to all men. And one other passage, you go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. In verse 11, where Paul admonishes Timothy saying, but flee from these things, that is, flee from all these ungodly things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and there it is again, gentleness. It is to be a characteristic of every child of God. We're to pursue it. We're to put it on. We're to live by it. But it is also especially to be a quality or a characteristic of church leaders. When you look for men to be elders in the church, one of the things you are to look for is men who are gentle. And men who are gentle in their dealings with other people. Angry, harsh, inconsiderate men are disqualified from serving as elders in the church. You go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Where Paul gives the list of uh, qualifications for one who would serve as an eldest overseer or an elder in the church. Verse 2, an overseer, an elder then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but he must be gentle, peaceable, and free from the love of money. If you go over to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verses 24 and 25, where Paul says this, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, and with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. Church leaders are to set the example for what it means to be gentle, And to live with a sense of gentleness. Another reason it should be important to us is because it is one of the characteristics the Bible gives us of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, Jesus is not just our Savior. He is our example. He has given us an example that we should follow. And you know, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why? For I am gentle. Jesus said of himself, I am gentle and humble in heart. And Paul even testified about his own life. When he was talking to the Corinthians, he said, I'm I'm ministering to you, he said, with the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. Another reason it's important is because God delights in it. That is, God takes great delight. When his people are gentle with each other. If you'll turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 
This is actually a passage dealing with uh, marriage and husbands and wives and passages that I go over at length uh, in premarital counseling with young couples. 1 Peter chapter 3. I just want to talk about one part of it. Verse 4. Speaking to the wives. But let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. And this is what I want you to note, which is precious in the sight of God. A gentle and quiet spirit is something that is precious in the eyes of God. Not just, I would submit to you, not just in the lives of women or wives, but in the lives of all of us. It is something that is precious. This gentleness is precious to God. You know, Proverbs tells us a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer, a gentle word turns away anger. One of the things that God is so concerned about in his word is the unity, the oneness, and the harmony of his people. And it is this fruit of the spirit of gentleness that enhances it and protects it. And so it should be clear to us that this whole matter of gentleness ought to be important to us. Important because it's important to God. Important to us because it's one of the qualities or characteristics of Christ. Important to us because uh, it is precious in God's eyes. But secondly, what is this gentleness? What does the Bible mean when it talks about gentleness? And that's what we're really concerned about, isn't it? You know, the word, the world uses the same terms that the Bible uses for many of these evidences is through the Spirit. But what the world means by those terms oftentimes is far different from what the Bible means when it refers to them. And what we want to understand is what does the Bible mean when it talks about uh, gentleness? And it's uh, clear that the, the biblical understanding is different from the world's understanding of it. Uh, the Bible's concept of gentleness is both passive and active. Passively, it's maintaining a calm, peaceful, and yes, gentle demeanor in the midst of troubling and difficult situations. When you are insulted or abused, made fun of because of your faith, when you are provoked or offended, it's the ability to control your feelings, your emotions, your attitudes, your expressions to other people. It's interesting, isn't it? Gentleness deals with how you deal with other people. It deals with relationships. And it has struck me in particular this week. It's interesting how you study along and things just strike you. And it, it struck me that, you know, the manifestation of, this, of the fruit of the Spirit is all about relationships. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the, the, the faithfulness, the gentleness. It's about how we deal with each other. And it struck me this week that the possession, the possession of these evidences of the fruit of the Spirit is based upon our vertical relationship with God. Whether or not you have them 
is based upon whether you're filled with the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, whether you are living your life in fellowship with God. That's the possession of them. The manifestation of them is on the horizontal level in your relationships with other people. How do we know we have the fruit of the Spirit? How do you know I'm filled with the Spirit? It's by the way I relate to you. By the way I communicate to you. By the way I treat you. It's all the way in which we deal with each other in terms of relationships. Well, actively, gentleness toward other people reflects how you treat them. You know, relationships are fragile. And gentleness is the quality, the fruit of the Spirit that helps us manage those fragile relationships so that they aren't crushed or shattered or broken. Many times when you get a a package delivered to your home and there's something fragile in that box, it'll be marked that way, won't it? Fragile. And then it might say, handle with care. And that's the way we ought to see our relationships with other people, whether it be with your spouse or your children or people in the church, people at work. You ought to see those relationships stamped with that word fragile. Handled with care. And it is the fruit of the Spirit that enables us to do that. We've got a new baby in our church. uh, Born a week ago. We've got other babies to be born later this uh, year. And you know, how do we handle babies? Well, we're careful with them, aren't they? I think Dr. McCann thinks we're sometimes too careful with them. They're tougher than we think they are. But we're, we're, we're tender with them, aren't we? We don't want to harm them or hurt them, and so we're, we're gentle with them. And it's very interesting. Paul uses that same analogy to describe the way that he ministered to a particular church. If you go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it's a beautiful picture of the way Paul presents his own ministry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. He's talking to the believers at Thessalonica. In verse 7. He says, But we proved to be gentle among you. Then he goes on to describe that gentleness. He says, We proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Is that what it's, that's what it means to have this fruit of the spirit of gentleness. You handle people and you handle your relationships with care. You work hard not to damage them or to destroy them. You avoid taking revenge. We read from Romans chapter 12 earlier. Do not take your own revenge. Leave room for the wrath of God. As far as it depends upon you. You be at peace with all men. So we saw earlier, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. And that's what we need. We need gentle answers and not harsh words. Because gentleness calms things down and harsh words stir them up. You know, Jesus took it to extremes, didn't he? This whole matter of gentleness. He said, whoever slaps you on the right cheek, 
turn to him the other also. Whoever asks you to go one mile, you go too. Whoever asks you for your coat, you give him your undergarment as well. And Jesus is not teaching pacifism there. But he is teaching that we, we go overboard in being gentle with other people. That we not retaliate. That we not try to get even. That we not try to get back at someone who slaps us or harms us or hurts us. Now I wish I'd remembered that in my life more than I have over the years. You know what a basic fundamental principle it is. A gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs it up. Slapping the other guy because he slapped you is not responding with gentleness. and doesn't make things better. It only makes things worse. Now the confusion comes because in our culture we tend to equate being gentle with being weak or being cowardly. The manly thing in our culture is to defend yourself, to defend your turf, to get even, to make sure no one takes advantage of you or mistreats you. Now look, the Bible is not against men. I'm going to talk to the men for just a moment. It's not against men acting like men. It's not against men standing up for what is right, protecting their families, defending their honor, whatever that might entail. The Bible, in fact, encourages men to be men. At the end of 1 Corinthians, Paul told the men, or 2 Corinthians, act like men. But strong men can be gentle men. Strong men can be gentle in the way they deal with others. You can stand up for yourself and still be gentle with other people. Being gentle doesn't mean being a social doormat, allowing people to walk over your will, but it does mean that you're able to understand your relationship with God through Christ, that you can allow God to take your revenge for you, you can trust in God's providence, and deal with other people with gentleness and grace. The Bible calls Moses one of the most humble, meek, or gentle men who ever lived. But it's also clear he was one of the manliest men, one of the strongest men, one of the courageous men who ever lived. You know, he was gentle. Just think of what he put up with. With the children of Israel. They rebelled against him. They insulted him. They turned their back on him. They wanted to turn away from him. And go back to, to Egypt. And yet he consistently. Urged them to come back to the Lord. He prayed for them. He interceded for them. He was gentle with them. But he was a strong man. With great courage leading these people, these ornery, obstinate people through the wilderness. Constantly directing them back to the Lord. Urging them, admonishing them. Yes, disciplining them at times. Trying to keep them in the path of obedience. He was a gentle man. The Bible says one of the most gentle men that ever lived. Yet a man of great strength. 
We've already seen that the Lord Jesus says of himself that he was gentle. And he was. But my, what a man he was. You know, some of the pictures, many of the pictures, most of the pictures, that's why we don't do many pictures. What do the pictures of Jesus look like? They're effeminate, aren't they? Nothing could be farther from the truth. He was a man of strength, a man of courage, a man of boldness. He was a strong man. Jesus faced things that none of us could ever have endured. And yet how gentle he was in his dealing with other people. Even rebuking his disciples who tried to keep the children away saying, you don't do that. You let those children come. You let those children come and see me. Sometimes the times I feel the most like a man are when I'm back here on my knees talking to some of your children. That's the way Jesus was. Let the children come. He was gentle, and yet he was such a strong man. Biblical gentleness is showing strength with grace. If I were going to define gentleness, that would be it. It would be showing gentleness with grace. It is confidence in the Lord that allows you to be gracious to other people. Well, third, how do we cultivate this fruit of the Spirit? And I'll be brief here. How can we be more like Moses? How can we be more like Jesus? How can we prove on our gentleness? One is that you can trace all the experiences in your life to the providence of God. Even the things that are unpleasant, unhappy, when you are abused, insulted, taken advantage of, made fun of. You need to see it all from the hand of God. We see that lived out in the life of Joseph. You know that story well, I'm sure. You know, Joseph took a lot of abuse, didn't he, from his brothers. Because of their jealousy, because of their resentment, because of their bitterness. It all culminated and they sold him into slavery to slave traders who traded him off in Egypt. And yet through the workings of God's providence, a series of steps, Joseph became second in authority in Egypt. And it was through Joseph that God protected the people and allowed them to have food during the famine. And yet when Joseph saw his brothers again, He didn't take revenge. He didn't get even. He didn't punish them. And he certainly had the authority and the power to do it. Instead, Joseph looked at his brothers and said, You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. You didn't send me here. But God did. And because he saw things through the perspective of the providence of God, he was able to be gentle in the way that he dealt with his brothers. See the same thing as Stephen, the first Christian martyr, put to death for standing up for his faith, and yet as the stones began to pelt him, what did Stephen say? Father, forgive them. Didn't lash out, didn't try to get even, didn't hurl abuse in return. Father, forgive them. He saw things through the eyes of the providence of God.
Another thing you can do is remember the reward for showing gentleness. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, or blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. And he went on to say, blessed are you when men cast insults against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. We don't talk about, a lot about rewards, but they're there. The Bible's clear. Rewards are there. And one of the things God rewards his people for is gentleness or meekness. But then another thing you can do is pray. You know, remember, these are, these are the fruit of the Spirit. We don't produce them. God produces them in us. And we need to pray that God would do that. That he would make us more and more gentle people. That we would show gentleness to each other. For lots of us, including myself, gentleness sometimes is contrary to nature. That's why we need God, the Holy Spirit, to help us to produce in us this wonderful fruit of the Spirit. May God help us to be known by our gentleness and may be evident to all men. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that you would take it and apply it to our lives. And would you use this fruit of the spirit of gentleness to manifest your work in our hearts and lives. May we be able to see it in us. It may be good in our relationships. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.